Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, it's H. Allen, not Prince Sullivan, even though some of you think our voices sound so similar. I don't, I still am very confused by that. And it's the last week of June, which means it's the end of Pride Month. And as you know, we have been all month been celebrating Pride with our sponsor, Can. Can is reshaping social drinking with their range of microdose non alcoholic beverages that deliver literally the perfect uplifting feeling every single time you get it. It's cannabis infused, social tonic, and it's just, you feel it just enough to make you go, yeah, you know what? I think I'll go to Pride today. And by celebrating this month with Can, we've been featuring some of our chats with our guests about what they think about cannabis, what they love about cannabis, their favorite things to eat while maybe enjoying a little can beverage. And we're today we're speaking with our guest today. So you're getting a little bit of our guest before we actually talk to our guest. Bridger Weiniger, he is host of I Said No Gifts, a fantastic podcast. And we talked to Bridger a little bit about cannabis and all those things. And then stay tuned for the rest of the episode today because we're speaking with Bridger about the podcast, I Said No Gifts. Uh, and I think I'm going to mail him a gift. I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But guys, hope you had a great Pride Month. And here's a little chat with Bridger. So as everyone knows, our sponsor is Can, the delicious cannabis-infused beverage. And it's Pride Month. And we're here with Bridger Weiniger talking about Pride, but also just cannabis and can and all the fun things that we love about pride that makes us go woo i wish i had another can um how's your pride <laughs> how's your pride going bridger it's been incredible yeah. i've uh you know we're i don't know halfway through june here i've done absolutely nothing <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. That, that was what i th- that's where i thought your answer was gonna be but i was like oh the are you I'm as like, exhausted like by pride dancing in the are? streets <laughs> i you know it's a any there there's not a lot there for me socially or in I, parades, anything like this parties yeah. really speaks, uh, doesn't speak to what I like to do as a person. So, right. uh, but I, I, you know, I'm looking at the Instagram, I'm seeing other people having a wonderful time. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting the like button on those posts. Right. And who could ask for more? <laughs> right, right, right. You just it, described my June. You just yeah. described June yeah. to me. Well, it, at least a little bit more dour about it. Sorry, Alan, go ahead. I do want to ask because because you host the great podcast, I said no gifts. I I have personally received some pretty dreadful pride related gifts and products over the years that have made me go like I once got a, a cock ring that was a rainbow oh. co- as like as a gift goodie bag thing. And it was it was absurd 
because I've had testicular cancer and that's not going to fit around my one ball. <laughs> so I wanted to know, like, what kind of ridiculously queer related gifts have you received over the years? Nothing. Absolutely oh. <laughs> nothing. Now, I, I feel like the gay community is ready to launch me into the ocean. They have no interest in <laughs> The gay community wants nothing to do with Bridger. <laughs> Uh, no gay gifts, no gay parties, nothing. No parades, oh. no no floats with your face on it. I mean, I have this People magazine with the Jonas Brothers. You could just jerk off to this, and that's kind of gay. There we go. See, there yeah, go. even nice the, as much as a copy of People magazine. People right? magazine. I still get it. I'm a subscriber. People, thank I, you. <laughs> I'm such, I'm such like a 58 year old woman who's just like you sitting here really being are. like, the kids are gone. I'm going to read my People magazine. Let's see what oh Star Treks are up to. Sifting through. Yes. Oh, I love it. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So how does it feel to have less rights? Because that's what we have yeah. now after the Supreme Court's uh, expected. Definitely a bummer week. Expected yeah. decision on Roe v. Wade <clears throat> and the overturning of Roe v. Wade and some of the, which immediately triggered, um, uh, trigger laws, which mm -hmm. then effectively bans abortion in a number of states. I think the first one to do it is my home state of Missouri. Mm. Yeah, I feel mm. so proud. Feels, yeah, it feels great. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> obviously it's it, it's it was a, a really disturbing, um, really disturbing weekend. And uh, I guess I felt kind of strongly. I wanted to say this because I, you know, uh, I feel like as a gay man, when I look back on all the gay pride events that I went to um, over the last, you know, 15 years, yeah. begrudgingly, typically, but every yeah. time I went, it was all gay men and women. Those are the only people that were at gay pride events. Of course, stra some straight people do, but you get, you get it that like gay pride is about is, is a lot of gay men and gay women and straight women. And so I almost feel, I mean, not only my pro choice to begin with, but I really do feel it's like my, our duty to support women right now and and do everything we can to advocate for their rights as well because i feel like they stood with us for so long during our you know our march to freedom and yeah. and i, I not just not even our march to know, freedom but the whole aids epidemic yeah, as well the aids I mean, epidemic as well yeah. uh, but i also think it's a moment that we shouldn't be necessarily hand-wringing about what's going to happen with gay marriage or other Supreme Court decisions oh, down the road, which I think I, I do well, still think But there is concern be there because of what Clarence Thomas did. I mean, Clarence Thomas didn't need to do what he did. And he intentionally suggested in that other laws that are past Supreme Court precedents like Lawrence or like, you know, marriage equality, these different laws could then now be revisited. He didn't have to write that. He didn't have to say that in his decision. And he did because he is America's boogeyman. 
Well, I mean, Clarence Thomas is an absolute psycho, but I do think it's I do think it's it's important to note that, you know, justices can join concurrences. So what Clarence Thomas did was he wrote what's called a concurrence, which is saying I he he, he agreed with the, with the with the majority opinion striking down Roe versus Wade. But then he decided to write his own opinion, saying I, I also he think rarely X, does. Y and Z. He rarely does. And. <clears throat> One of the reasons why he did that was to send marginalized communities into a panic over the possibility of further rights being taken away. That's why he did that. Not not interracial couples, though. Not interracial. No, no, no. And the other thing, too, is, you know, I mean, I hate to admit it, but like, I feel it's definitely conspiratorial, I will say. But like Clarence Thomas and his wife, they had Trump's ear. How I mean, look at what Trump was able yeah. to do with the Supreme Court. Look at what the nominees that he he got on the Supreme Court. How much of that is Clarence Thomas's sort of now? Clarence Thomas is now Chief Justice, essentially. And 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 Ginny's <laughs> and Ginny's like just as uh, as guilty by association. And yet, yeah. I mean, there's like no rules, I guess, that that, that prohibit a, a Supreme Court justice's partner from. Uh, no, there's no rule. Being involved, right. driving, there's trying to overturn elections, spouses. right? Yeah, there's very uh, few spouses. Very few rules for them in general. But anyway, but I, but I, I guess I do yeah. think that my my knee jerk reaction was I I I all I was personally just turned off by the immediate um the immediate reaction that was especially in like headlines, <clears throat> you know what's what does this mean for gay people? What does it mean for gay yeah. guys? And I was just like. Not now, guys. Not now. To, it's not the day. Like, yeah. this is a time to focus on women. And also because marriage is not the same thing as a woman's autonomy and her body, you know, yeah. it's, it's not yeah. the same thing. And obviously it's something to worry about, but but this is a time to like really focus on what this means for women and how. But it's also it's not just about women, which is, I mean, many, many, many leading sort of like abortion rights activists organizations or, act, or abortion organizations are saying Abortion is not a woman's issue. It is a health care issue that health, impacts yes. all Americans, male and female, and everybody mm-hmm. else on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it impacts families. Yeah. It impacts particularly families on the lower socioeconomic level. Right. And, and it is going to, the ramifications of this decision in states like Arkansas, Missouri, Georgia, all these states where now families are going to have to then be further in debt because they can't access a safe and legal abortion they can't access health care in a way that will and help them prosper as society members economically and we are for it is a further attempt to push marginalized primarily poc people in this country into further debt and push them back out of society basically it's it's, i mean there's a level of racism involved in it it's really it's really disgusting what's happened I mean, of course, there's a level of rate. Everyone knows, you know, if, if you told me that the daughter of the most conservative Texas Republican in, in the state house of Texas flew to New York to get an abortion, there isn't a soul in America that would be surprised yeah. to hear that. Everyone knows if you're rich, you get you do what whatever you want. And everyone knows if you're rich you're <laughs> and, and you're a person of, in power, you you kind of get to make the rules and and you can be as hypocritical as you want. Yeah. Um, so it, it, inherently, this is a, uh, a racist or, or perhaps racist and classist it's decision. Classist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it really is profoundly embarrassing. Um, 
on the on the so international dis- stage. So, it's so embarrassing. I, could, I, I yeah. couldn't agree more. It's so disappointing. But I will say this. Uh, I, I will strike, uh, I guess, a bit of an optimistic note, which is I think there is a part of me that thinks this will not happen in 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 all states no. uh, by any means. But there's a part of me that thinks in a lot of, of states, states like so, so the point I'm making is yeah. uh, in a lot of states, states like my home state of Michigan, where abortion it's kind of in a gray area at the at the moment. I unequivocally believe that if you put uh, a state constitutional amendment on the ballot, which is to say, if you gave the vote to the people and said, do you do, do you every voter believe that abortion should be illegal in the state of Michigan? Uh, I believe it would pass unequivocally in a majority of moderate and even, I think, swing, if even uh, slightly conservative states. And I think that would be an infinitely more sustainable and irreversible solution to creating abortion rights for women uh, in those states. Obviously, that isn't nationwide. And that means there's a lot of women in a lot of conservative states are going to be left out of that. But my first thought was my friends in Michigan and thinking, how quickly can we get a ballot initiative on the ballot in, for the midterms that will legalize abortion? And they cannot and will not overturn that. Well, that's, um, I mean, so that's my that hope. Called? And, uh, is there a term for that in, in like the like the legal realm that, that I'm just what? curious? Because I know there was when the when when like Coney Barrett and, and there is a term that the justices when they're being um, questioned uh there's a term that they used in reference to abortion and roe versus wade that's that a was sort of a way to sidestep talk of yeah privacy? yes and they would say you know, it was there's, there's an established latin precedent term. they would say that oh i don't know what the latin term but they would yeah i, mean, I think i heard oh yeah. st- story 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 decisis but yeah. that's it that's it but the thing is i mean even that's that is you may that's a great point brent but that also is part of the problem with with you can't having a state by state decision on healthcare on how people can access healthcare is fundamentally a constitutional crisis because you set up a system in which some people in this state have certain rights that then other people in this state who want those rights don't have that and they have to do interstate commerce again this makes it a federal issue interstate commerce to get to that state but a lot of them can't and so it's like Sure. You know, in St. Louis, I know it, people can go across the border into Illinois very easily and get an abortion. Someone in Kansas City can't. They're stuck. They're mm-hmm. landlocked in have, figuring out what to do with this pregnancy. And that is now because of the 22 states that either have trigger laws or are establishing them right now into banning abortion. Those people will be stuck. And that's almost half yeah. the country. Like, yeah. It's, it it uh, it leaves a lot of women. Even I think the most optimistic scenario still leaves, you know, ten, twelve states that under no circumstances would legalize abortion, and it's it's yeah. just fundamentally wrong. But th- you know, the problem is that's where we are. That's that's the travesty of this decision. Well, this yes, we're, decision we're there because really people. Late. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think you're talking about voting. People should now voting is more important than ever in making sure that in these states there's less of a majority of one party that then gets to make all of the decisions and you have a fighting chance then to establish abortion as a legal right as for health care in states added to the constitutions yeah. of these states if these states have a fair and balanced electorate meaning that yeah 
there's some debate in 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 the houses and the senates of these state parties it's it's uh and and yeah. and, and local politics is is more important than ever i've never been a, a a big one on local politics i don't i've never given a fuck i i it always flies under my radar and now i'm realizing obviously if we're talking states rights you know voting for your state senator your state representative is more important than ever so yeah there's a, a website uh, yeah. that um, I just posted uh, in conjunction with this week um, called shoutyourabortion.com. And it gives uh, people information that they need to know about abortion pills and also uh, ways to access abortion um, when it's not available in their state. So uh, yeah. shoutyourabortion.com um, is certainly one resource to use. But obviously, yeah. there's a plethora at this point. But you know, the fight is the fight is real. The fight is on. I think I said to Brent, like, this feels similar to the, the protests have felt similar to uh, the Women's March, not just because it's women, but just because it felt so immediate um, and such a swift reaction. And so, you know, it, yeah. it's, it there's no silver lining, but at least, you know, it's made aware that it's, it's been made clear that people do not agree with this on the whole and that it doesn't represent yeah. most of America. The, the, yeah. the numbers, uh, I think... It, are unequivocally on our side. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Republicans who are pro-choice and there's some Democrats who are pro-life uh, and there's a lot of independents who are pro-choice. The numbers are on our side. That's that's why I'm, you know, uh, anyway, it's 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 extra extraordinarily frustrating, but you know, it's it, just frustrating. The, time, like, it's, it's, the, the war isn't over. This is just one battle. That this is a result of one person being elected president. <clears throat> That's yeah, literally why I, we're here. I, yeah, we are here because Hillary Clinton lost the election, and that is it's true. Is so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It's a hot, you, a hot dog man, uh, game show host, literally ruined America. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. Did I ever tell you guys when when I was in college, I used to the way I used to fuck with conservative right wing organizations. Did I ever tell you this? No. Remember, like, no. Uh, like Concerned Women for America and American Family Association were like super anti gay in like the early aughts when I was in college. So I would call them to make a donation, and so I would, you know, I would ask to speak to the person on the donation line, and you know, it's a fairly lengthy process giving your credit card number and all these things. Yeah. So I would go through the whole process of giving all, all my information and say, how much would you like to donate? And I would say $100 million. <laughs> and then they would just like hang up on me. Uh, but I was like, hey, if I if I can waste two minutes of their time, that's a victory, right? <laughs> I used to sign people up for Republican email letters um, that I didn't. <laughs> like when I got their emails, I would just sign them up for newsletters. I thought when you went on a bad date, you would sign somebody oh. up for like a wedding. No, the magazine. magazine? I would, I would, the I would magazines, which is insane because that's yeah. cost them money. Yeah. Alan, I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling the police. <laughs> Not even joking. We are joined today by a very funny person, Bridger Weiniger. I almost wanted to say Bridget, and it's, you're not a Bridget at all. You're a right, Bridger. Right. You're a Bridger. But when I say Bridger, I want to say Bridget. How are you, Bridger? <laughs> I'm Bridget, and so many people want to say Bridget. But you're not a Bridget. You don't even emote a Bridget vibe. But yet the phone puts Bridget. Does uh, it? You know, telemarketers do Bridget. No yeah. one can get on board with the R instead of the T. Where did you get that name? What is it? What kind of name is that? Uh, there's a there was a mountain man named Jim Bridger who, uh, as far as I know, 
You mean and Jim Bridget? Jim Bridget. Jim Bridget. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as I know, and I should look into this because I've repeated the story enough that I've, I'm really spreading a lie. But yeah. I think he's like the first white person to discover the Great Salt Lake. Oh. Uh, and it was by mistake he like thought it was the pacific ocean which is just actually humiliating so. oh my god uh, yeah. yeah oh wow where our names come from always uncomfortable stories really mm. <laughs> well Wait, do you, you host do you, do you have, have yeah i was go ahead alan i just want to tell everyone just so that we know yes you host a fantastic podcast called i said no gifts we haven't brought you a gift today other than our beautiful beautiful <laughs> chicken cutlet faces yes yes um <laughs> my boyfriend says that my skin looks like a chicken cutlet every white person's skin he's not white <laughs> looks like a chicken cutlet so i oh i God. now have just started referring to a beautiful chicken cutlet well thank Ooh, you just thank shimmering you. your podcast is so funny how did it i mean do oh, you really you. hate gifts i i'm i think i maybe i'm speaking for too many people but it's an uncomfortable thing to get I, like at a birthday party, if someone hands me a gift, I never know if I should open it in front of them. Sure. Uh, or if I should put it aside, which is also weird. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not good at <laughs> receiving things. Cast it I, aside. What is <laughs> what? What makes it awkward? I mean, sure, in that situation, like in a party situation, receiving a gift, it's weird because you don't know when to open stuff. But like if someone, like if I came over to your house and I brought some wine and maybe some cheese or something, would that be uncomfortable? It would be. I mean, I would feel like you went out of your way. I don't oh. like the idea of someone going out of their way for me. Oh, no. I, 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 I get that. I like making a big deal out of other people. I like making a big deal out of out of out of other people's birthdays. I do not like people making a big deal out of my birthday. I, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't I associate birthdays with gifts. I have a birthday coming up and I don't want people to celebrate my birthday, but I do want gifts. Like I love a gift. <laughs> sure. I yeah. love a gift. I think a gift is fantastic. <laughs> Well, of course, receiving something for free, an object that might yeah. improve your life on yeah. paper I, sounds fantastic. I, I, I still I still have the same reaction as a, a, a 30, a 28 year old something uh, uh, as uh, as I did when I was a kid, which is when I see the UPS truck pull up to my building. Oh my I'm God. I my thought is someone has sent me a present yeah and that's what i thought as a kid you know you know like around your birthday like if you saw the ups truck you're like okay someone has sent me a present and that was such a big deal and then it, to this day no one has sent me anything in 25 years and wait you get you get still care get, like, don't you get care packages I I my, like yes, my mom sent me actually a lot of care packages alan actually sends me money sometimes which is very fun because <laughs> in vegas alan sent me like 40 dollars, and i was like oh wow yeah. and it was like yeah. it was like the best the, the best part of vegas for me but anyway i love i love giving gifts i will admit that fully i mean i feel like i should put that out there i love giving gifts yeah. i give just I give, random occasions oh random all the time like i i real randomly if i if i see something and i'm thinking of someone i will get it for them if i it's just sort of it's i feel like in a weird way i'm not saying i have a lot of money but there is sort of a thing where like i feel like oh well this isn't going to hurt me this month i this is something that's going to make someone else happy so i send it and it's like it's i don't know i love it so, oh, sounds it like you have a lot of money yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what's the premise of the podcast? The podcast is just the guest shows up with a gift. Uh, every week, somebody brings me something and uh, it's wrapped. And so about halfway through the podcast, I open it up and we talk about whatever's happening. 
So <laughs> I've now, I mean, I, it has actually become a problem in my life. I, we've done, I don't know, like 115 episodes. So I've got just dozens of items that actually haven't improved my life in any way. They're just right. piling up. Oh. There may be like 10 of the things have been useful. See, now I want to come on useful. Your, I, yeah, I want to come on your pause and give you something useful now. <laughs> yeah, what's what's been really useful? I got a car garbage can. Oh, which yeah. Very useful. Was, truly has changed everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. They, they probably bought it at Daiso. That's where I bought mine. Oh, that seems like a the perfect place to get a car garbage can. Yeah. But, you know, straw wrappers, receipts, they used to just be all over the floor. Yeah. Right. Now it's just the stretch back. We're filling that up. <laughs> right. It feels incredible. Right. I, got, I got angry at my boyfriend the other day for throwing something on the ground, being like, we have a car garbage can. <laughs> I was so angry. I was oh, that so is, angry. I mean, the car garbage can is never without, I mean, it's always within reach. So it's your boyfriend's within a foot out of control. Of re yeah, it's, I know, he's unhinged. He's on hand. Yeah. Yes. He's on hand. <laughs> He's on Has anyone ever brought has anyone ever brought you a gift that uh you were like, like annoyed, like genuinely annoyed? Oh, by? Yeah. oh that's a great question. Uh uh <laughs> there was one I won't mention who or what the item was that felt that was actually annoying. Oh okay. um, <laughs> like weirdly self-promotional. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. oh uh, that was a long oh, no. time ago so and then jamie lee the comedian jamie lee gave me a piece, uh, chewed up dog toy yeah. uh, oh, which cute. she knew what she was doing but it, <laughs> that was the one gift that went immediately into the garbage Do the people just... coming <laughs> the people coming on the podcast because i feel like that when i give a gift especially if i'm just randomly giving a gift it's to someone i know very well so i know like right. what i would be giving them whereas a stranger it's harder to get a gift for so like when people come on your podcast and maybe you don't know each other i mean the gifts i would i would guess they're weird because they don't you don't you don't know each you know they don't know you right you know what i mean yeah i mean it's like a mix of for, of my friends in comedy and then just truly strangers and yeah. so occasionally if it's a stranger that a lot of the helpful gifts have come from strangers where they're like, I knew that maybe it would be something funny, but why not give you something you're actually going to use? Yeah. yeah. Um, what did Paul Rubens give you, Pee Wee? He, uh, he gave me a bag. He basically cleared out his junk drawer. Uh, I had, there were probably 40 items in the bag from like uh, used up batteries to expired mm. candy. Oh, that's right on, right on brand. Yeah. <laughs> that's disappointing because uh, yeah. he actually has money. Like that would, that would right. be- If you've got money- when I get when I get a gift from someone who I know is fucking loaded and it's nothing or or if they're stingy in the bill and they're like they're like doing pennies and cents to the tip and I'm like it is a little surprising I know you got a million dollars in the bank fuck you you're paying for cheesecake factory right now bitch yeah yeah for real wait and and not to be so literal because obviously your podcast is about your charm and, and how funny and the rapport you have with your guests. But like, I do want to ask one more question about gift giving has receiving so many gifts given you like a better idea of like what you want to give people when you give, when you do give gifts. I actually feel like I've gotten way, way worse at giving gifts. Oh, really? overthinking it. And I also think that like the pandemic truly like not seeing people or like <clears throat> celebrating things for a couple of years just yeah. has made it more difficult to buy gifts like the joy feels like it's been taken away i'm oh, sure. my niece's birthday is this week and usually it would be a wonderful an exciting thing i'd be like oh i'll send her all these things and i'm dreading every moment of it it's anxiety <laughs> inducing. i don't know i I, d I don't get no sorry go ahead alan no you started the podcast like right as the band well, really just right before the pandemic started and then 
most of the episodes of the podcast have come since the pandemic. What was it like? So how did you even coordinate getting gifts with your guests during mm. the pandemic when you couldn't record together? I mean, I guess Amazon, but still, that's like not as personal. I mean, it's already such an inconvenience for the guest. I mean, just in normal, under normal circumstances, this podcast is a huge hassle for the guest. <laughs> yeah. And so then you add in like, oh, here's my address. You have to send it to me <laughs> or can you drive it to me? I mean, I've, I, to my credit, drive to my credit, to I've you. driven to multiple houses to pick up gifts. Okay. Uh, but uh, the thing I've, I mean, like you'll go on a podcast and they'll be like, try to think of a topic to talk about. That's a huge problem. Bring mm -hmm. me a gift. I feel oh, see, I slightly feel like bad. I'm looking around like I got this Angeline promo uh, poll. Oh, right? This is a fantastic mm -hmm. gift for somebody. And that's like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, I don't know. Not that's a great me. piece of promo. I know, right? They gave really good promo out. I know, where is that budget coming from? Is well, that clearly Amazon not show? in the ratings of the show. <laughs> I have found personally that useful gifts are have become more valuable than like luxurious gifts not that i get have been given many luxurious gifts but the usefulness of a bagu a wait, wait 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 what's what? a bagu what's a bagu, bagu is, a, is a brand of bag um oh like this it's a, it's a type of bag that is uh -huh. sturdy um okay. and and uh fashion somewhat fashionable i guess you would say sure i have but I, but i mean i also have that sort of lesbian utilitarian vibe when it comes to the things that i like to yeah. wear and carry around but but usefulness has come in um really handily with gifts versus anything that's meant to be like luxurious that all being said h allen uh got me a brand a box of crackling oat brand uh oh. for my birthday last year and <laughs> i'm too, still eating it yeah. Of course oh, you are. Wow. Still eating it? That, yes. that says a lot about how bad Cracklin Oat Brown is if the fact that it still tastes good a year later. It tastes just as good stale. Oh, <laughs> son of Alan is such a weird about Cracklin Oat Brand, which is it's literally bad. like the most it's delicious bad. cereal in the world. And he's like insistent it's the worst. Anyway. Bridger, it's I an do want to ask texture. you this. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, it is good. Texture. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, it, it, the texture is literally like oh, tastes you like you're eating chalk. You would give a horse, but but regardless, <laughs> who doesn't um, want to feel like a horse on occasion? That's right. <laughs> uh, so you you're named Blurry after a guy that does, stop talking. <laughs> you, you're named after a guy uh, <laughs> who discovered the Great Salt Lake. So do you have connections to Utah or Mormonism at all? Uh, I do. I was uh, raised outside of Salt Lake City as uh my family's mormon uh oh. my parents are still practicing and then the rest of the family is scattershot mm. oh okay right how about you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh what you right about me yeah, yeah i'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> it's You're like wait, mormon. That, I mean, that, yeah I'm, I'm actually here today i i don't know if you guys have heard about a book called the book of mormon uh, <laughs> or if you ever wonder about where we go when we die but uh if we could just take a couple hours aside, I'm happy to talk about it with you. H. Allen was a grew up Mormon as well. Oh, that's um, right. Yes. And I was gonna say uh, def I was gonna say defected. Well, I was gonna say defecated, but yeah, I actually right. meant to say defected and caught myself in time. <laughs> no, I was yeah, I was raised Mormon and then the whole, you know, fag thing didn't work out so well with the Mormon. Yeah, that gets but, in the way. But I got up to my, I got up to the baptism and the the whole start of the mission stuff, like the class things, and then I left. 
did you go on a mission? No, 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 no. I was gone because okay. I, I was, I basically left when I was eighteen. Oh, is it, tr- is it yeah. true? Wait, that- did you go on a mission? I'm I sorry, did. Elliot. Where so did, what, where did you go? Where did you go? Uh, I went to uh, Singapore and Malaysia. Oh, no, I didn't oh, go for fun. the full time. I did, left early. Did oh, you have? Oh, did you have? Because I know when I oh. was sort of in that process of getting ready for all of that, that I was trying to plant every seed so that I could be placed in Germany, thus go to Berlin and sit on 12 dicks. And, <laughs> and that's all I wanted to do. Now, did you, Because, but I also Berlin. learned that my family was super, I realized that that mattered in the Mormon community, but my family was super, super poor, had zero connections in the Mormon church, like no pool at all to get you placed in the places that you wanna oh. go. And were, was yours random or did you want to be going to that part of the world? No, it's, uh, I mean, I, at that point would have loved to go to Japan, hmm. but I didn't express that in any way. Okay. Uh, and but I ended up in Asia. So it was like, oh, at, yeah. on some level, it seemed exciting to well, go. Brigham somewhere. Young was hearing your thoughts and wanted to be part of the world. <laughs> right. He appeared it's, above my bed one night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sending it, me to Southeast Asia. Is it real that, is that a real, is it real that like you're supposed to end up on like your own planet? Oh so yeah. Still kingdom. Create. Yeah. Yeah, create, create your, your own, own planet. Yeah, because that's like you when you get married in the more well in a Mormon temple, you're you're sealed. Is that the word? Yeah, you're sealed, sealed with yes. your family, and so that family is with you in Mormon heaven. Like you're with those people in Mormon heaven, and then there's mm-hmm. tears to like Mormon heaven. Now I I haven't studied this in a long time, so I may be saying some <laughs> things that are wrong, but there are tears, and yeah, it's a whole thing. That is nuts. <laughs> Religion is Wait. fucking nuts, man. No, it's very normal. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. Man, I, I'm noticing some ignorance here. And oh I, I'm happy to leave the podcast if we're not going to take this serious. So, <laughs> you know, that's how you can tell you're no longer Mormon because a good Mormon would never leave. They would stay until their oh, force yeah, shuts on them. And then they're like, I guess I could go. I'll get back on my bike. <laughs> So, so why did you leave your thing earlier? What do you call it again? Uh, the mission. 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 <laughs> um, I had a, I had a, like a full nervous breakdown, oh. like a real serious nervous breakdown, which I guess it should not come as a surprise. I wasn't like sold on the religion that much. Yeah. I was like struggling with my sexuality. I was on a bike nine hours a day in like a hundred degree heat. Oh it's my like God. Te- a yeah. terrible experience for someone who doesn't really believe in the thing they're selling yeah, in the first place yeah. so. oh, that sounds Does, terrible so like i mean i know with my family missionaries still come to my mom's house and they they i think it's because i'm like i wouldn't say i'm prominent but like i have a, a name and so but they want to talk to my mom about me and like trying oh to woo me back i guess or something i don't know what it is and do you have this like does your family still get like missionary mission or missionaries coming to your house to talk about you question i know i don't think so i had when i moved to la my mom gave and god bless her i love my mom but she gave the church my address in la and so i was getting like missionaries coming to my house and they would bring me candy bars and stuff and i i I know how how awful it is excuse me so uh like i was nice to them but eventually i like uh 
managed managed to escape all of that because it is annoying. Wait, could could there have been a moment where like you just you get a knock on the door, you open the door, you take the candy bar, and then you close the door in their face? Like, could you just <laughs> oh, do that? That would have been nice. That would have been a real. That's how you receive a gift, Bridger. <laughs> yeah, right. There you no, go. Fuck I have, off. When I first moved to, or when I first moved to this apartment in Los Angeles, uh, we the old tenant I guess was Mormon or had a connection to Mormon because two missionaries, two female missionaries, which. The old tenant was female, so that probably tells me why it was two women coming mm, sure, to the door. Sure. But I answered saying, oh, no, she doesn't live here anymore. And then they asked if I would be interested in anything. And I was like, I think I should just give you my name and you'll find out why I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, they haven't come back since. <laughs> I'm in a movie about leaving yes. the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's absolutely right. Oh, the worst. Well, Bridger, I do want to ask you, so like on the podcast, I mean, is there ever, has there ever been a moment where sometimes a gift has turned tense? Like that, that like your reaction to a gift wasn't necessarily what the guest wanted from you. That has not happened, but that is a constant fear of mine. Is it? Someone's going to, or like, I mean, I do feel like I've set myself up in a way for like, maybe I like we book a guest who secretly hates me and then they bring on something that's going to be like an uncomfortable conversation or something. How great would I that mean, be though? <laughs> that would be such a good episode. I mean, it would be exciting. Yeah. It would be so exciting. Come on, Bridget, you have to do that. Book your nemesis. That's actually, uh, that's actually not a bad point. I, I I'm I might have to second Alan for the first time. Okay. Well, maybe I'll consider it. I mean, there is, there was one guest who I, I specifically said, do not book that person ever. Oh. I do not want them on the podcast. We have uh, a so few. Maybe I open that door. We have okay. a few. Of those. <laughs> we each get we each get one. <laughs> as, as if we even have a booker. We do it ourselves. But <laughs> do you do, do you also get recognized for how unique your voice is? Uh, I people talk about that, and I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's an odd thing to me because of I of course uh, am used to my voice and also really dislike it so when people oh my god oh it's wonderful it's so unique it sounds you sound like old like old american i guess (laughs) i thought that was gonna go in a different direction i got really worried Mm. no you have like you have like a (laughs) retro sound to the way you pronounce words it's really lovely well that's very sweet i don't uh I, as far as I know, the rest of my family doesn't speak the way I do. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, obviously having done the podcast now, people will uh, say things about it on occasion. I still don't quite know what we're talking about, but that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Well, Bridger, it's been a blast to have you. Um, where can people follow you online? And uh, aside from listening to you, I said no gifts. I mean, almost nowhere at this point, but okay. uh, I run the I Said No Gifts Instagram, which is just I Said No Gifts on Instagram. And I kind of post to Bridger underscore W on Instagram as well, but it's very rare. Okay. Uh, I mean, these things are all complete poison. So I'm <laughs> oh, trying yeah, to... <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Yes. Yeah, Brent <laughs> yes, hates, hates social media, hates it. My, 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 recent, my recent dream has, has to create, has to start fundraising for a truth campaign style nonprofit that warns the world about how evil social media can be. Like truth, right? Like like the social media app. Like the or like, no, sorry, so, you know, you know, like the smoking truth. It's like actually funded oh. by tobacco, big tobacco, and it's yeah. It's basically just awareness about what this is doing to your body. Uh, that's what I want to do with social media. Someone would say that to me about cookies. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
Bridger, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to thank chat with you. Thank you for having me. It was so nice being here. And another So uh, re- <laughs> recently, uh, Brent has been texting me for updates, <laughs> live <laughs> updates on what I'm eating for dinner and when. Uh, <laughs> because I guess he thinks it's very odd that I eat, not odd, but unusual that I tend to eat dinner at a later hour. Well, um, at nine o'clock. Nine yeah, o'clock. Yeah, sometimes at nine o'clock. Sometimes at nine <laughs> o'clock, yeah. And again, it's it's not on a it's not on a clock, and it's not it's not really fully prepared. But wait, 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 wait. Right, let, let me give a let me give a I, let me give it let me give a little more background. It's not exclusively that Elliot eats later in the night. I know some people eat later in the night. It's a combination of factors. It is that Elliot has Elliot is. Um, so neutral on savory foods compared to his love for desserts. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will text him re- consistently at seven thirty, eight o'clock. What's for dinner? And he will write back. I have no <laughs> idea. Ah, ah. I'm like it's it's I ate hours ago. And you you but don't even know the, what you're having. I feel like I'm <laughs> like Elliot in this so situation. Fascinating. I'm, I feel like I'm exactly you're, like Elliot. Do you eat, you eat at like nine o'clock? I do, I do eat off sometimes, I would say often, very late. And if you had texted you me at no seven, idea. if you had texted me at seven o'clock and asked me what I was eating for dinner, I'd be like, I don't know yet. I'm not there yet. I'm working. Yeah, I, guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess I, t- I need to know Brent's standard. Yeah. What's, what are you eating at four o'clock? Like the way you no, I, no, it? I do. So one, one of the curses of my childhood and, and I talk about this frequently and it's not very interesting, but I'm going to share it nonetheless, is that my family always ate dinner together, no matter what, like literally there were five exceptions in my life until I turned 18. We always had dinner together. So it's been beaten into me that six o'clock is when you eat dinner. Oh, and wow. I could be, I could be in the middle of something. <laughs> I could be work, working in particular, doing like a creative endeavor where like you it's you get easily distracted. It's like four o'clock and I'll be like at a coffee shop and I'm like, I have to leave right now because <laughs> I have to get home and get ready for dinner you, at six o'clock. Do you That's schedule dinner? We don't even do schedule dinners with other people at six o'clock as well. Yeah, we don't eat uh, dinner at 6, 6 30. We go out. Uh, yeah, and no, we go out really late, us. and it's annoying to me. But, like, I mean, look, I can <laughs> hang. I mean, it's it's not like I'm not like appalled to eat at eight o'clock, but if given my up when, uh, if I have my druthers, I will eat at 6, 6 30 when I'm. Oh, when see, I'm seven o'clock is the seven o'clock to me is the normal hour to eat, like as an adult the, right the, now. The, that to me is the earliest. Yeah, I mean that would be the earliest for me to eat dinner too. I when I was a kid, I was a lot like Brent, but it was because my my dad was like, you know, he worked as a maintenance man, so he like would have to work at night sometimes. So sometimes we'd eat dinner at like five, six o'clock, so that then Charlie could go back to work. That's my stepdad. Mm-hmm. But now, Michael and I pretty much like, you know, I finish what I'm doing. I might get home from like a hike or something at like five, six ish. Yeah, I'll like get ready, sort of watch some TV. And then like maybe around seven, we'll start the conversation about dinner. But like, yeah, we won't the air fryer. You turn you, you warm up the well, air fryer. If, I, if we're cooking at home, we'll do the air fryer thing. Although sometimes we'll go out. But I will say there are certain dinners that I, I have to be like, I can't eat that after nine o'clock. because I'll be up all night. I'll have I'll have oh the worst heartburn. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I also, Oh, go ahead, Brent. Sorry. I was going to say Elliot, I'm sorry. You can, you can now pose the question. I've given enough context. <laughs> well, I guess my question was, is it weirder to do what I do, which is to eat dinner later and not potentially plan it ahead of time? Or is it weirder to do what Brent does <laughs> occasionally work out wearing jeans at the gym? Yeah, I need to ask you, Brent, because oh. I dropped you off to the gym recently and I forget where we were coming from, but I dropped you off at the gym and you were in jeans. Did you work out in jeans? I was in jeans, Alan, but I also had a gym bag with yeah, me with I some know. pants in it. I was wondering what was in the gym bag, but I didn't ask you. <laughs> I didn't ask you. So I was thinking like, well, he's Alan, work out in jeans. Guys, in, in case you aren't a regular listener of the podcast, Alan and I had uh, a genuine argument. Alan genuinely berated me like six, eight, ten weeks ago when we uh, had a discussion about the fact that I will sometimes wear jeans at the gym and Alan finds it appalling. <laughs> it is, it is and, strange to me. It's very strange. And literally, literally... I afterwards I bought pants. I bought like workout pants, and the one time I forgot, I jokingly sent Elliot and Alan a picture of me in, je in jeans at the gym, and Alan like proceeded to berate me again yeah. for like two minutes. It's a strange. I, well, I, I think it should be institutionalized. <clears throat> what's funny is that people were uh, that when you had that picture on a on a dating app. Yeah. You got several comments, people being like, what are you like strangers Constant. constantly? <laughs> what are you doing? Are you wearing jeans? How gym? dare you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm constantly getting I comments. I always, whenever I see it, I think it's like because somebody forgot their, their yeah, pants. Same, that's, same. that's what I tend to think. That because, just because jeans have so little give, yeah, um, that it seems like an uncomfortable material to you work out in. Um, I do. Hey, do. <laughs> I guess Alan is really the, the tiebreaker here. Is it weird? Well, we already know the answer if he thinks it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is more of a question for listeners. Like, what do you think is stranger? And I have a feeling the listeners are going to si leave it in the comments, please. Tell us, what do you no, think no, is stranger? Put a poll Wearing up. jeans to the, the, no, because it has to live forever. A poll will disappear in 24 hours. Oh, I want, oh, I want it in the comments to live. Mm -hmm. Do you wear, is it weirder to wear jeans to the gym or to eat dinner at nine o'clock at night? I'm literally going to start making eight fake uh, Instagram profiles so I can skew the results <laughs> towards what I want. And them to James do. lover, two point fair. The, addend the, the addendum to Brent's argument is that when I eat dinner, I'm eating like handfuls of nuts because I'm like not. I don't care about food that isn't sweet. Yeah. And honestly, he's really not far off. So part of that addendum is very true that right. I'm basically eating but like pr a protein and then like. A crudite. <laughs> but there have been a number of times where like Elliot and I will be out at something or like something will happen or it'll just be random where it's like, hey, it's nine o'clock at night. Do you want to go to this diner or something? And I will always say yes, because I, to mm -hmm. me, that's very normal. That's very New York to me that I would, you know, eat after yeah, a show or I'd eat after a, well, you know. Well, I, again, again, let's let's be exact here. Let's be precise. I, I didn't say in the rolling plans of an evening, it's crazy to eat dinner at nine o'clock. Right. I think it's atypical for someone uh, when left to their own devices to default to eating at nine o'clock every night. That's my experience. You eat I, at nine o'clock every single night, Elliot? Six, uh, not, not every night, no, but, but most nights genuinely, most nights genuinely nine o'clock yeah <laughs> and, and i will say that to be to, to brent's point 
both when I've been when I've worked on shows where they order dinner, I never order because they order at six o'clock. And I'm like, I'm not eating uh, at not six o'clock. <laughs> and then on top of that, fights break out with me and my family now because my parents want to eat. They've grown to eat a little bit later. They'll, you know, now they're super social in their retirement community. Mm-hmm. They're eating around seven. Yeah. But, you know, but they are very compulsive. But usually, I mean, we have to fight to not eat at six o'clock because I, I'm not, a, I can't do it. It feels like a senior citizen move. What would what your aunt say? Uh, Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I'm in bed by the time Elliot eats dinner. <laughs> That's funny because my aunt Joanne would say, tell Brent he can join me for an early bird dinner anytime. <laughs> <laughs> early bird dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can do six, you can do four. Yeah, that's right. That's you can right. definitely do four. <laughs> now, what about... What about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, if you all don't go out and register to vote, I'm going to go through the Instagram and send each and every one of you the dirtiest naked picture. Mm, there you go. <laughs> register to vote. That's almost Register. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I guess we're going back oh. to our traditional sign-off. Oh, wait. But, I, was gonna, um, say, I, thought, we I thought we don't say thanks anymore. Yeah, I thought it just, say, just well, pure silence and nothingness. But we do need to tell <laughs> I them. What, I thought you guys wanted to go back, but I did want to. Yeah, I want to add the addendum that oh, we will right. not. Be, we'll be taking uh, the next week off for for the uh, American birth, America's birthday. Uh, we, we will be back on July fourteenth uh, with a new episode. Uh, so enjoy your fourth of Fourth of July. I will be day, out of the country because well, <laughs> I don't feel very independent after this Supreme Court decision. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.